The Fresh Fiction Podcast is brought to you by Ravel and Bethany House Books, who are celebrating the release of The Accidental Guardian by Mary Keneally. When Trace Riley finds the smoldering ruins of a small wagon train, he recognizes the hand behind the attack as the same group who left him as a sole survivor years ago. Living off the wilderness since then, he's finally carved out a home and started a herd while serving as a self-appointed guardian of the trail, driving off dangerous men. He'd hoped those days were over, but the latest attack shows he was wrong. Deborah Harkness saved her young sister and two toddlers during the, the attack and now finds herself at the mercy of her rescuer. Trace offers the only shelter for miles around and agrees to take them in until she can safely continue. His simple bachelor existence never anticipated kids and women in the picture and their arrival is unsettling, yet enticing. Working to survive the winter and finally bring justice to the trail, Trace and Deborah find themselves drawn together, yet every day approaches the moment she'll leave forever. The Accidental Guardian is available anywhere books are sold online or in stores. You can find out more about Mary Keneally and her books at freshfiction.com. Hi guys! Welcome back to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, where we break down all the fun things we've watched, read, and listened to this week. I'm your new best friend, Gwen Reyes, and today I'm digging into the latest Hamill drop from Lin-Manuel Miranda called First Burn, and I also fell in love with the new movie, Book Club, which is out in theaters now. And at the end of this podcast, you can actually hear an interview with me and Lynette Eason, the author of Oath of Honor. We talked about how she creates high suspense with great romances and her love of When Calls the Heart and how reading in her genre makes her a better writer. But first, let's dig into uh, Hamilton and the Hamill Drops, which are pretty much my favorite reason for every month to start or finish because Lynn is just wonderful and these little nuggets of treats for Hamilton fans are just the perfect way to enjoy the musical and to enjoy it beyond what we have been given by the Tony award-winning play. So, as I said, each month, the creator of Hamilton, an American musical, releases a new song inspired by his blockbuster musical. First Burn is the first all-female Hamill drop and features five actresses who have played the character Eliza Hamilton, the long-suffering and supportive wife of Alexander Hamilton, Lexi Lawson, Ariana Osfer, Shoba Narayanya, and Rochelle Ann Goh and Julia Harriman bring their beautiful voices to this haunting first draft of the song Burn that eventually made its way into the final draft. Uh, Miranda mentioned in tweets following the release that First Burn was an emotional journey for Eliza, with this version much more reactive and angrier than she turns out to be in Burn. And it's so true because the entire time you're listening to the song, you're just like, breaking down for this poor woman who loves her husband so much and has given so much for him and supported him for every single turn and crazy thing he has done because he's a very uh, competitive and focused and driven man, which can be very frustrating when you're just a woman trying to have a family and keep everything together. So it was amazing to see this version of Eliza and also here in the original Burn, which is what made it into the final draft. It's really crazy to see the evolution of her. So using these five voices adds a haunting element to the song that makes it a standout amongst the other four Hamill drops released this year. Miranda wants fans to be able to get these songs easily, so First Burn, along with the other four songs in the collection, is available on all music streaming services. I listen to uh, Google Play, but of course it's over on Spotify and Tidal and Apple Music. What I'm watching this week, um, well, I took my mom to see Book Club as an early Mother's Day date, and it was a total success. In Bill Holderman's charming romantic comedy, he and co-writer Aaron Sims explore how finding just the right book can 
irrevocably, that's a very hard word to say, change a group of four friends for the best. And of course, that book is the same novel that opened the floodgates, pun unintended, but I like it, so it's staying, for millions of women across the world, Fifty Shades of Grey. Unlike that, the book, or I'm sorry, unlike the sexy yet messy adaptation of the E.L. James trilogy, Book Club digs into the world of four women who read and apply Anna and Christian's passions to their own lives. The film stars Jane Fonda, Mary Steenburgen, Diane Keaton, and cast MVP Candace Bergen, who steals every scene she's in. She's wonderful. She's the reason to stay. And I would watch a whole movie of her just going on terrible Tinder dates if it was possible. Let us get a sequel to Book Club going. Let's start a campaign. Let's write our uh, votes in for this because it's such a good movie. You will not be disappointed. Um, I enjoyed it so much. I can't wait to see it again. It's so sweet, and it's a total blast from start to finish. Um, and like I said, uh, after we get back from this break, you will be able to hear an interview that I did with Lynette Eason. Her new book, Oath of Honor, is out earlier this year, and then she's got a sequel of it coming out in the fall. So, but you know, if you love what you hear, don't forget to sub subscribe to the Fresh Fiction Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram with at Real Vixen. So stay tuned for after the break for my interview with Lynette Eason. Well, thank you so much for um, chatting with me. I'm sure you have a very busy day in front of you. Oh, well. It's always busy, and it's always nice to take a break. So. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Now we get to talk about you for the next 20 minutes. So. Uh... Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I am very, very excited about this new series for you because I had seen um, the Hidden Secret series or the Hidden Identity series um, forever because it's been in our first fiction box. But um, I'm really excited about Oath of Honor, and I'm sure you are as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm and getting a lot of good reviews, so that's been really nice. Oh, good. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Um, not sure what you want to know. Let's see. I am I, I'm just a wife and a mom. That's really my real life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, um, I write when uh, my son's in school. I have a daughter in college at a college of Charleston, and... Um, you know, I just spend my days writing and doing family life and hanging out with friends. Uh, you get to write full-time now. Um, have you always been a writer? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember in eighth grade when I wanted to write a book and tried to do it. And, you know, so the desire was there at a young age. And, um, of course, you know, life and school and college and, and working, um, it just kind of put that dream kind of on the back burner. <clears throat> it wasn't until uh, I had my daughter, and uh, she was about nine months old, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I have one kid, and while she's a handful, this might be a really good time to try to write that book I've always wanted to write. Mm -hmm. And so over the period of about... Oh, I want to say nine to ten months, something like that. I just sat down and started pounding out this story that I had in my head, and of course, I you know I thought it was the greatest thing ever. But um, <laughs> a couple of publishing houses disagreed, and I got quite a few rejections. I was like, hmm, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but uh, but I kept 
looked at it, and uh, eight years later, I got a call and said, we want to buy your book. So that was oh, cool. Wow, eight years. Were you surprised that it took um, that much time uh, to get some more um, reception for it? Uh, you know, it, not really, because by that time, I had kind of figured out that the whole publishing process wasn't, you just write a book and somebody right. is grateful to buy it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, so at that point, uh, when it finally, when I did finally sell, I was more surprised that it actually happened than I didn't get another rejection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at that so. point, you frame the picture, you frame the email and keep it in your writer's nook. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what um, what was the first book that you sold then? Well, the first book that I sold was actually to um, uh, Love Inspired Suspense. Okay. Uh, the division of Harlequin, the, the Christian line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the first book I sold. And I actually sold two books to them before I sold to Rebel. But I had always um, wanted to do the big trade you know, the trade size books, and I had a, a specific story that I was working on for that line. Um, not, you know, I didn't know it was going to be Ravel at the time, but um, I knew I wanted it to be, in, you know, that longer book. And so, yeah, so it was in 2008, I believe, that, um, that we sold it to Ravel, and it, the first book for them came out in 2010. That's great. So, and my, because um, I see that you've uh, pretty much only done romantic suspense. Uh, what is it about the genre that you love? Oh, it's just a big puzzle. I think I look at, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was big into Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, the Boxcar Children, all those mm-hmm. people that kids these days probably don't even have a clue who they are. I know, but, it's very embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I show my age, I guess, but um, but that's okay. But um, it was those stories that really just sparked my interest. I thought it was so cool, you know, that um, that it wasn't law enforcement. I mean, Nancy Drew was just, you know, she was just a teenager, and so I guess that's, I just thought that was really cool that she would be able to solve a mystery or solve a problem or run from the bad guys and and find justice for people and. So as I was writing, I guess I was just always drawn to that genre just because I love the whole, you know, um, justice finally wins in the end, the bad guys get it, and, um, and I, you know, I just, I, I love that, and um, I guess that's why I'm drawn to write those stories. I, I do more law enforcement now simply because, um, I don't know, I guess I've made a lot of contacts, and they've always kind of, kind of done law enforcement. I'm really interested in law enforcement. And in another life, I might have gone into law enforcement, but um, <laughs> I'm too chicken to I'm too chicken to chase bad guys for real. I, I don't mind doing it in fiction, but <laughs> well, and the nice thing too about doing it in fiction is that, like you said, you the bad guy always gets caught, and there's always yes. justice for people. Whereas in real life, you don't really have that, and that's the nice thing yeah. about fiction. Yeah, exactly, and um, and so yeah, so I just weave my little stories. And I try. I mean, I do try to make it as uh, realistic or as true to life as possible. Um, I try not to take too much author licensure with uh, with the law enforcement, like and how things are actually done. So I do a lot of research. I have a lot of contacts that are willing to read the final story and give me feedback to, to make sure I get it right. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I just really enjoy that genre. I've always enjoyed it, and um, 
Yeah. That's so cool because, especially having the contacts, have you had um, maybe the same readers in, in law enforcement for a few books so that they've been able to kind of see your progression? Um, I think so, yeah. I have um, I have two, two faithful retired FBI agent buddies mm-hmm. that read everything I write. That's awesome. I know it's really incredible, and I um, and, and going to different conferences, I meet a lot of different people. And I was at a, a conference last year um, in Nashville, Tennessee, and I met a, a guy that actually lives not too far from me, and um, he's a police officer in, in that town. And I told him who I was, and I was like, "Oh wow, would you be willing to answer any um, law enforcement questions I might have for the state of South Carolina?" Which you know, because uh, sometimes the the laws. You know, the way things are, are done just a little bit different mm-hmm. from state to state. So he's like, oh, absolutely. And so, you know, it, it's just really cool that the people that have been placed in, that God's placed in my in my path um, through this whole journey. So. Yeah, that's really, it's really great that there are so many um, law enforcement agents out there that are so willing and open to kind of being there as consultants for writers. Oh, absolutely, and and you'll find that most law enforcement um, people are very willing to share with you because they want you to get it right. They right, don't yeah. want to be misrepresented, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, so they're definitely willing to share. They're like the harshest critics, but also the most uh, welcoming in a way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, with with oath and on oh, oh, sorry, oath of honor. This is a f- new series for you. Were you nervous about starting a new series? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always nervous about every book that comes out. But um, the first book is usually uh, I found is the hardest one for me because it's simply because it's introducing a whole you know new cast of characters and. Um, and I just was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but um, I ended up practically rewriting the whole story after I got it, uh, got it back from my editor. Not, not the whole story, but there was at least half of it that was cut and redone to make sure it was going to be the right book for the series and the right first book. And uh, so that was, that was, that was not fun, but yeah, um, I'm very pleased. <laughs> yeah, I'm very pleased with the outcome. Um, the story, I mean, oh, thank goodness for my editor. I mean, she's just amazing and um, had some really great feedback and really helped me shape this story up to the way it needed to be um, to introduce the series. And so, yeah, so I'm really happy with the way it turned out now and with the, with the reviews that are coming in. You know, um, seeing that uh, the readers are really enjoying it too, so that's really nice. That's awesome. And so, uh, can you tell us a little bit about Oath of Honor? Sure. Um, okay, so the story revolves around um, Ryan Marshall and Izzy St. John, and Izzy is part of this large uh, law enforcement family. Uh, just to introduce them a little bit, uh, her mother. Tabitha St. John is the chief of police, and I studied in Columbia, South Carolina, because I actually went to school in Columbia, to the University of South Carolina, and I am familiar with the city, 
But I, I did discover in writing this uh, first book, I'm not that familiar with the way law enforcement works. <laughs> 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 I've never had any run-ins with law enforcement. So, um, That's good. You always anyway. keep your nose clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I did do quite a bit of research. And the city of Columbia is divided up into five different regions, east, north, south, west, and um uh, 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 what was the metric? And so I didn't. I, I had a couple of bad cops in in the story, and I didn't want to set them in an actual region that was that was real in Colombia mm-hmm. because I just thought that would not be cool. Yeah. So I actually made up my own region. And so while while most of the story is you know true to life, the street names are correct and the location and that kind of stuff, but the the, the main headquarters uh, of the police department is is at one justice square in in columbia uh the midtown region is completely fictional and all the people in that region are completely fictional so um the cool thing is i did get in touch with the sheriff of of um of columbia of the columbia police department and he was very willing to answer any questions and email me back and forth so that was nice so i feel like you know yeah, so, um, so anyway, so we have this family, law enforcement family, and uh, Ryan and Izzy have known each other since uh, childhood. They grew up together, and um, and she's always kind of had a crush on him, but he's a couple years older, and um, more, he was more friends with her brother than her, so he just never, he just kind of saw her as a, another, you know, younger sister kind of thing, and then, um, and then he was kind of out of the picture for a little while, and he came back. And, um, of course, he has some baggage of his own. <laughs> and uh, so, so, anyway, the story revolves around them. And in the opening scene, um, uh, Izzy's partner, Kevin, is killed. I'm not giving anything away. It's, it's, like, on the back cover. And her partner's killed. And, and her partner is actually Ryan's brother. So, Ryan is very involved in wanting to know what happened and mm-hmm. uh, what went wrong and, and finding the killer and that kind of thing. So, but of course, he, having him work on a case would be a conflict of interest. So it kind of has to, yeah, kind of has to keep informed, kind of under the table, kind of thing. But um, so anyway, it's it's really the story of the two of them um, trying to find justice for his brother's killer, and the people that don't want them to figure it out target them. So of course, they're in danger the whole story, and hopefully, that keeps things interesting from there. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many like awesome. It, like sort of twists and turns that uh, readers will definitely enjoy. Oh, good. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so are the, because um, I know this is the first one, for your next ones, are they going to follow the same couple, or is it going to be a different uh, pair of detectives? No, it's, it's a different a different set of characters for each one. But um, so because Izzy's from this, this big family, she has a sister named Chloe, and Chloe is a canine officer, and in Call to Protect... Chloe um, and her partner, Hank, who is a Dutch shepherd, um, they pair up with um, a U.S. Marshal to find his daughter who's been kidnapped by a ring of human traffickers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the third book is centered on Brady St. John, who is brother to Izzy and Chloe. And um, and, uh, he pairs up with... A financial crime investigator 
So uh, she works for a bank, and she has discovered some things that are not quite right, and someone targets her, and off they go trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's, like, the greatest thing about working in fiction, I bet, is that you kind of get to explore these sort of darker elements of the CD underworld without, you know, having to really go into it yourself. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love. I, I think that that's what's really what I what I'm always attracted to with romantic suspense and suspense in general is just kind of the intrigue of that because it's something that you know I I live in Texas and I live a very nice routine life and I never really have to experience sort of murder at the at my doorstep or anything. Right. Exactly. And you know I don't um, I don't go into a whole lot of like details and stuff. I leave a lot of a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. up to the reader's imagination. Um, I get enough. I get enough to be kind of a little bit creepy and enough to have suspense, but not enough to really make you go, "Ooh, I don't want to read those." You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not here for being gross or anything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you've, since you have done mostly romantic suspense, and um, have you been interested in writing any other genres? I, I have some interest in, um, believe it or not, uh, YA, dystopian oh, wow. type story. I actually have an idea for it, but you know, I just don't know. I don't know. That maybe would something I do in my old age and retirement. <laughs> so right now I have a really good thing going with, you know, the romantic suspense genre and I, I love what I do. I have a great, you know, base of readers. So I've got super fans and I publisher that really works hard to put my stuff out there and make sure that, um, make sure that my books get into the hands of the readers and stuff. And so I, I am got it really good and yeah. I don't want to rock that boat right yeah. now. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, you're very busy, and that's the way to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do. I love it. So, you know, I, I really have it good, I have to say. That's awesome. Well, one of the things that we like to do um, at the Fresh Fiction Podcast is we are interested in knowing what you're currently reading right now. Um, and uh, I have a couple other questions for you about that. But, like, what you're reading, if you're watching anything, and if you are listening to anything, either books or podcasts or um, a band that you're really into, we're just interested in what you, what makes you who you are. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I read a lot. I, and of course, my favorite will be the, the romantic suspense genre. But um, I discovered um, that I, I have a friend who wrote a devotional um, the Wind Calls the Heart. Mm-hmm. I love Wind Calls the Heart, the television show, and I make sure I watch that every Sunday night. Um, oh, you're a hearty? <laughs> I am a hearty. I'm an official hearty. So, um, but Michelle Cox and Brian Bird wrote a devotional uh, together, and it just came out in February. So I have been reading, I've been using that as like my daily quiet time and um, reading through the devotional. So that's, that's been really cool. I've, I've um, really enjoyed that. Um and right now, I just have back-to-back deadlines, so all of my fiction enjoyment reading has been put on hold right. until about mid-April. <laughs> so, and television watching has been pretty slim to none, but I do I do watch One Call Bart, and I do watch, um, oh, I love Lethal Weapon, the new Lethal Weapon oh, that comes yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I do watch that and uh, Blue Bloods. Uh, those are my three weekly 
indulgences uh even when i'm on deadline so that's, yeah. you, have, you have to have a little time for yourself every you know whenever you can oh absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's so interesting to me that you um, you read and really watch a lot of uh, the, of suspense as well. Because I, I hear from a lot of authors that tend to be like, well, I don't want to read what I'm writing because it might affect. But I, I find it actually more interesting when they do read it because it's like that is your true love then. Oh, yeah. No, that's I, I would never give up reading that, John. I have too many favorite authors that I was reading before... I started writing, mm-hmm. um, and so, like for example, um, Terry Blackstock, Dean Henderson. Uh, who was I reading? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, John Grisham. I really, I, I used to, I liked a lot of his earlier stuff. Um, so I have some authors that I'm just, you know, that I have them on my my one click purchase. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, so I still I read them. Um, Colleen Coble. Um, you know, yeah, I, I just, and, and the funny thing is about reading other suspense authors, you can still get great ideas mm-hmm. from, you know, from their, from their stuff, but you make it your own. It's not like you're going to go out and plagiarize what they're doing. You can just totally make it, but it still will trigger an idea. Like, um, you can be, re- I can be in the middle of a book that I'm working on and maybe having trouble figuring an uh, aspect of it out and I'll just, you know, switch gears and go into my I'll just go read something and they go, oh, wow, wait a minute, I could do this. And, mm-hmm. you know, so so it, it actually helps me be a better writer to read in my genre. Yeah, that's what I've always, I've always thought that. And so it's always been one of those things where I would hear from other authors that were like, oh, I don't do it. I don't. And I'm like, but it makes more sense to me that you would be inspired and could kind of maybe work out a kink without having to, like, write it yourself in a way. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. Well, um, Lynette, before I let you go, where can readers find more information about you? I am online. Um, my website is www.lynetteason.com. I'm on Facebook. And just look under Lynette Eason and you'll see my author page. Um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm not really, I, I'm on Pinterest, but Pinterest is more of my fun waste some time kind of thing right. which yeah. I don't get to I don't I haven't been on Pinterest in forever but um and I uh I'm mostly active probably on my Facebook author page I'm just starting with the Instagram thing because I'm I'm being pulled into it kicking and screaming by my 19 year old daughter who tells me Facebook is passe and I need to be on Instagram so <laughs> well your daughter is I'm correct trying. but yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Well, Lynette, thank you so much, and I'm very excited for the next book um, and to see where this rest of the series goes. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. Have a great weekend, and um, we will talk soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. I'd like to extend my thanks to Lynette Eason for joining me today. You can find Oath of Honor anywhere books are sold. Thank you also to Ravel and Bethany House Books for their continued support of the podcast. Make sure you stop by freshfiction.com to find out more about Mary Keneally's The Accidental Guardian, which is available now. Um, And also, guys, we're still growing, so please help us by rating the podcast, leaving a comment, or even just sharing it on social media. Thank you so much to everybody who has already done that, told your friends. I appreciate it. I'm seeing the numbers going up, so it's really cool to hear and see that people are enjoying what we're doing. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Fresh Fiction, Instagram as Fresh Fiction, and on Facebook forward slash Fresh Fiction. 
So if you ever forget, it's just fresh fiction. <laughs> um, I'll be next. I'll be back next time with some more new things to watch, read, and listen to. <laughs>